0: The CMIO Podcast, a show devoted to educating and informing those who are making healthcare easier for others. Whether you're involved with informatics, analytics, or new technologies that make the lives of our practicing clinicians better, this show is for you. My name is Dr. Mark Weissman, a practicing physician and CMIO, and the host of CMIO Podcast. Today I have with me Justin Gurnott from, uh, well, you now he's with him previously with Healthbox, I guess, which got acquired. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark, great to be here. So if you would, tell us a little bit about your role, what you do, because I think this is gonna be really interesting for CMIOs to hear someone who's really on that cutting edge innovation side of healthcare and bringing the new things forward. So go ahead and and fill us in a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I'm Vice President with Healthbox. We are a division of HIMSS as of a year and a half ago. And like you, I get to wear a couple different hats. So I do business development, general management, and also delivery of our innovation services. So Healthbox, broadly speaking, in in innovation programs, you can do do five things. The center of that is innovation strategy and setting up innovation programs. We also do digital strategy, so working across the enterprise to to really uh, drive the enterprise strategy through the use of tech and tech-enabled services. And then as you know, you can either consume innovation or you can produce innovation. So on the consumption side, we help with digital sourcing and with helping to manage uh, strategic investments in new tech companies. And then on the production side, we both uh, help commercialize uh, projects or products that uh, healthcare organizations have created. And we also run internal accelerators to help build a culture of innovation, develop people, and ultimately commercialize some of those great ideas that physicians and nurses and others have in the organization. So that's high level what we do. Happy to jump in 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 a lot of different spots, but but you're right, innovation is big, and and there's a lot to go do. There's all needed stuff in there too. So that's how did you get into that? Uh, So I am a recovering vendor, which uh, I I think there's a lot of. I, I I was really fortunate as a mechanical engineering undergrad to to find technical sales and to, and to enter GE Healthcare and to really start my career with radiologists and cardiologists. So I've always been a part of, uh, of technology, of health tech companies, and I've been able to kind of be on the front lines and in the clinical areas most of my career. But what I found was, at number one, I, I was never able to sell like all the solutions and be able to provide everything that a healthcare organization needed. And number two, what I really saw is a lot of last mile problems of adoption were really first mile problems of of people and planning and strategy and, and even some execution things. And so I got really interested in in all right, what else can I do and how can I do it in, in some, you know, lots of different and unique ways, just how can I play a, a different role? And former colleague of mine from a company called SG2 that I'd worked at about about 10 years prior, his name is Neil Patel. He had just been promoted from vice president to president when the founder of Healthbox moved on. I reached out to him and said, hey, I'm interested in doing some different things. You might have perspectives on companies. And he said, well, actually, why don't you look at Healthbox? Uh, He just took this job. We're building out the consulting services. I I said, hey, it sounds great, but I don't want to go to a company that small. And then the more I looked, the more I fell in love with not only the mission, but the work that we were doing, particularly with Intermountain. And here, three years and, and getting acquired later, here I am. That's a great
0: journey. It sounds like you're excited about something. What is the thing that you're most excited about that you're working on right now?
1: I would say there's two things. One is just the monster mashups in the industry. We've got CBS and Aetna, we've got Haven, we've got just a lot of true business model innovation. I think across the industry, we've all realized that things are going to change and the only way we're gonna to get to that future successfully is to, is to partner in really smart ways. So we've got some involvement in, in some things there that I'm really excited about. It's sort of, and I'll call those the big things that I'm excited about. The things that are smaller that I think move the needle in really important ways in the organization is really with caregiver-led innovations. I mentioned the Internal Accelerator Program. We, um, we actually co-developed that with Intermountain. We do that now with Orlando Health down in Florida. 100 of the top 150, health, top 150 largest health systems and nearly every major insurer have innovation programs now. It's really become core for any medium to large healthcare organization. So we're really fortunate to, to partner deeply and help identify those people who have good ideas and, and help support them and, and develop those ideas into projects and a handful of those into new products. I know that's a passion of a lot of my fellow colleagues, the CMIOs out there.
0: They get ideas that either they have or their their colleagues have, and I bet you ninety nine percent of those ideas die just because they don't know where to go or what to do. And probably having more. those int- yeah probably <laughs> you're right uh, th- those internal incubators are really valuable, but let's assume just for hypothetical situation here that you don't have an incubator in your hospital Mm -hmm. Uh, a physician walks up to a CMIO and they have a great idea for an app but now what what can a CMIO do with it who do they steer that to what resources should they be considering
1: that's a that's a fantastic question and and we we frequently play the role of helping to figure out what the right answer to that question should be so I'd say, first and foremost, you have to plan for it. You have to expect that physicians, other clinicians, I mean, we all have ideas on how to do our job better. And we all want to fix what we perceive as being broken. And we're all really excited about the opportunity to use new tech. So number one is to plan for it. Expect that you're going to have these ideas that come to you. And have a process, right? I mean, the, the reason we were successful as investors in early stage companies, the reason that billions and billions of dollars of private, really smart money go into health tech every year is that number one, there's an opportunity, and number two, if you have a process, just like everything else in healthcare, if you have a a proven process, you can take the risk out of those decisions. So my, my general recommendation would be to plan for it, to have a process, to get some support, and it could be inside your health system, it could be outside your health system to help make those calls, but have a really transparent, thoughtful process by which you will evaluate these ideas and make those decisions. Your clinicians are gonna respect it if you have a well-informed process put in place and they know how the balls and strikes are gonna be called and decisions are gonna be made. So if you've done that, whether you build that capability internally or you engage outside organizations to help you do that, I think, you're, I think a couple of things are gonna happen. That number one, people are gonna wanna to to come to you, right? Because they're gonna see the investments there, the processes there, the organization's serious about doing this. And number two, they're gonna understand and respect why and how you make those decisions. Um, because you're right, the vast majority don't go anywhere. I would say that although the vast majority don't go anywhere, there are a bunch there that were great ideas that just didn't get found and evaluated and supported appropriately. So right. I don't know if this has happened to you, but I've had an idea for an invention and years later I see it and I'm sure. kicking myself, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing there are a lot of physicians out there who do that and a lot of CMIOs who do that. Uh, so. If you don't have a process for evaluating those, if you don't have a way to get a market perspective on whether there is potential product market fit and good white space out there, then you're potentially missing an opportunity out of the the dozens and hundreds of ideas that, that could and should be coming your way as a CMIO. I like what you said, I think it was in the beginning, about some of the partnerships that have to happen.
0: And so I'm part of a hospital system that's 127 years old and doesn't make decisions in the blink of an eye, like innovators tend to do. It's just not a core strength of the hospital. And that probably applies to many hospitals that are out there. So they really need to partner this out because innovation can be scary for people who like that more traditional incremental change as opposed to disruptive change. Mm-hmm. So, does it have to be local? I guess is my question.
1: Oh, I don't think it has to be local. I think if you're not thinking about your organization beyond your, your current geography, I, I would say that you're missing out. That said, there are good reasons to partner with somebody who's in the community and also invested. I, I hate to give the answer, it depends, but I, but I do think it depends. But what I think it depends on is what's your organization's strategy and vision, and how do you start to expand your capabilities such that you're building for the future in a consistent way. right? I mentioned process when it comes to evaluating apps and business ideas. Um, I think you also need to put process in place around how you get from where you are to where you want to be, and maybe how you defined where you want to be. So it goes beyond the every five-year cycle of coming up with a new strategic plan. Um, I would think about building out those sub-strategies, and one of those strategies being exploring new business models, exploring new innovations, and think about innovation as being everything from the radical incrementalism, where we're doing what we do a little bit better, to really thinking through, all right. How would we partner with a company or how would we do things completely different in ways that we would never consider as the very successful conservative 127 year old institution that we are? Because Mm -hmm. by and large, we as an industry have gotten rewarded for not taking risks and not doing things differently. But that's not the new world. That's not what tech has enabled. That's not what our cost structure and political situation and everything else is demanding. I would really start with the strategy. Uh, I would find partners who you trust to help you build the innovation or digital sub-strategy that supports your enterprise strategy. And then I would expect to to really iterate on that on a regular basis, certainly more often than every five years. Okay,
0: so let's take this hypothetical situation a little bit further. Say, okay, we've established ourselves with a great incubator program. We've got that partnership. We know how we would transfer intellectual property. We've already thought that through how do we start to get those ideas from the providers, the nurses, whoever's out there with this great idea in our organization to come forward with that? There's one of my colleagues, they did like a shark tank type competition, which Mm -hmm. having been on shark tank, it's not my favorite approach to, (laughs) to how to do this. But so what do you think? How do you pull innovation out of the shadows?
1: Yeah, well, I would say this innovation is not an event innovation is a program and it's a new way to work. So I would take the approach that that you're in this for the long haul and that everyone who has decision making authority needs to be involved and needs to be consulted uh, and needs to be supportive. Let's keep in mind, right? Everybody who works with you, they're really smart people and they're generally conservative and you're going to get the lunatic fringe who has 20 ideas, who wants to jump in there and and run fast and break things. And then you're going to have everybody else, right? Who's gonna wait and see what happens with the first handful of projects, the first couple of years of the program before they really get serious about saying, okay, this might be worth my time, right? I might have something that comes out of this that's appropriate or that's that's worthwhile. So I would, um, number one, I would make it a, a multi-year programmatic uh, commitment and I wouldn't focus on the event so much, although marketing is certainly a pro, uh, an important com- component of this. It's more about the process, about how you're gonna make decisions, about how you're going to handle every idea that comes in um, and how you're gonna support the ones that, that end up getting support or, or that end up uh, getting financial backing, right? So I wouldn't think about a shark tank and giving a prize and saying, you know, good luck. I, I look forward to seeing what you come up with. I would really think about how, how do the people who prove out and have really good ideas that align with what we wanna do as an organization, how do we take them and support them and get them through uh, a, a very tight, milestone-driven project plan To prove that what they have works in one department or one hospital, how do we then scale it again to somewhere else in the organization to see, okay, will this work in somebody else's department or somebody else's turf? Uh, And and you may need to get some help with this. Decide how or if to take it to market if it's successful inside your organization. Um, I would say in our experience, the vast majority of innovation projects that find success um, are successful internally, but may not have commercial potential for any one of a number of reasons. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do them right, you're still cutting costs, treating patients better, uh, improving processes, you're still doing whatever it is that you set out to do, it just may or may not have commercial potential. So the programs we've run, it's typically somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 or 15% that end up having commercial potential, but there's 20% that fail fast, there's everybody in the middle who ends up being a successful project, but not necessarily a product. And that's still to be celebrated and encouraged because even in the, the programs you have, you know, quality improvement, the individual clinical departments, et cetera. Not every innovative idea and project is gonna find a neat home inside those existing departments. So those innovation programs are are really, really vital and they, they need to be supported appropriately so that you're making the right calls for the right reasons, investing or stopping investing for all the right reasons as well. It's a lot to consider uh, and while there are lots of innovation programs out there, I, I don't know, and in fact, we're doing some work right now to try and assess all the top innovation uh, programs that are out there. I don't know how many are doing it really well or not, but I would really encourage tight process, clearly aligned to goals, appropriate support across the organization. And, and you will need to be committed to it for more than a couple of years to, to really start to get, um, you'll get good ideas early on, you'll get all the ideas a few years down the road. I think that's so important to highlight is that it's a a longer term
0: vision and the definition of success isn't always the commercialization of of a product. It's not everyone's going to produce one of these Zelf type uh, products that goes out into the market and and can fly on its own to come out of the incubator program. But that internal innovation, you're bringing forward the thought leaders, you're getting people who are bringing ideas that could save dollars just in the regular care. And that's what's so important about these incubators. It changes the way we do business today, which, as you highlighted, we have to change the way we're doing business today. Yep. CMIOs get that. They know that. They're that interface between the providers and the technologists. And they play that real important role. So I love what the way you put it, that it's a vision, and then it's process, and it's long-term. Those are the great points. Let's switch gears just for a second here. I want to get to your thoughts now about... What areas of innovation do you think are exciting? And you're not allowed to say artificial intelligence because the hype cycle is so big. Now, you could go into more detail if can use a segment of artificial, but you're not allowed to use the cop-out, oh yeah, AI is going to be the new thing. Yeah, we got
1: that. But what is exciting you in, in innovation now? Right, right. Uh, great question, and uh, you could probably run two or three podcasts to, to get all my answers. I think there's a couple things that are, or more than a couple, but I'll just mention a couple that I think are really exciting. I think number one, and I've worked with providers my entire career, providers really understand that they have to disrupt themselves. They're feeling the pressure. They know that that cost pressure and price pressure, everything else is in political pressure. It's all coming their way. And They're seeing, frankly, consumers and others, frankly, making it difficult to keep doing things the same old way right? So the biggest thing I'm excited about is the commitment to figure out how to disrupt yourself and how to do that in a way that's appropriately customized and works for your organization. So that's, that's the biggest thing I'm excited about. I'm not going to throw a bunch of buzzword soup at you, except to, except to show that there's a couple trends that I think are, are driving this. And I think are ultimately going to help us get to the right place. I think the focus on the consumer and um, how do we identify and address the needs of consumers? You know, so how do we elevate marketing how do we t- uh, the, the marketing function how do we really take advantage of all that tech that's out there there's some fascinating things out there and 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 just amazing ways to engage but how do we pick the right things integrate them into our platform appropriately so we're not asking our our consumers or patients to download 20 apps to interact with us um there, there's so many just fantastic things out there that are relatively low cost, lightweight, easy to stand up, you can start to really relatively quickly change the way consumers interact with your organization. Um, That's the the one big thing, the first big thing I'm I'm really excited about. The second thing I'm excited about is that I see a real willingness uh, on the part of state, local, and federal governments to be more open and to really try to support and drive all the things that you and I and everyone who's been in this industry for a long time knows needs to happen, right? There is regulation and push to really support all that. Uh, we all know that what gets paid gets done, what gets uh, mandated gets done. I, I, I think I think there's a general uh, push to really make that happen. The um, final thing I'm, I'm really encouraged by, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, the monster mashups are starting to come out with offerings. that's starting to move the markets in some unique ways, I think, faster than people expected. I, I think if you go back two, three years ago, uh, many clinicians and hospital leaders were nervous but maybe not yet taking seriously, CVS, Aetna, and Amazon and Google getting into healthcare, there were more questions and maybe skepticism than there were answers and real responses. Um, I think right now everyone takes those organizations and their efforts very seriously, uh, and, and in fact, are looking to partner in, in big ways, right? You've got Mayo Clinic just last week announcing uh, their 10-year partnership with Google, and Google putting a, 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 an office in Rochester to support that work. Um, that's all really exciting. I won't mention the technologies because you, because you said I couldn't mention them specifically. But but defining what that that tech-enabled future is, and how clinicians can do their jobs better by being supported better by the tech as opposed to being totally consumed by time in the EMR and the, or the EHR and and the, and email is is super exciting. Um, we're we're kind of in our awkward adolescent years in, in technology. We certainly have not matured yet. But once we get there, there's a pretty fascinating future uh, that allows providers to truly provide health uh, as opposed to the way we've practiced medicine for a long time. So you,
0: you said you weren't going to use any buzzwords. So that means I get to do it because I'm really excited about a, a telehealth solution that uses blockchain and artificial intelligence to solve interoperability. And so now that I just <laughs> use those four buzzwords, I'm going to put it on a slide deck and I should immediately get funding. I think my series A round is guaranteed. Uh, am I on the right track?
1: Well, and you also have an MD, so I think it's done. Oh, yeah. I mean, where where, where 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 do I send the check, right? Um, <laughs> uh, so so here's the thing: everybody you work with inside the hospital is smart. Everybody is trying to invest in things that, that it, in healthcare they're really smart too. Uh, while there's buzz, and rightfully so, there's some fascinating things that those technologies will be able to do. Um, I think the, the Hims chief technology and innovation officer, Steve Rattling, said it really well recently. He said, everybody talks about the how, right? We're gonna use, use AI, we're gonna use blockchain, we're gonna use this or that. Focus on the why. If you really drill down, like, why do you wanna do this? Um, one of the key tenets of design thinking is something that's core to everything that we do is you fall in love with the problem. And if people start running to you with solutions, push them back out of your office, get them out of your site, fall in love with that problem that you're trying to solve. When you deeply and intimately understand that problem, who it impacts, who's involved, what everyone's opinions and experiences are, then you can start to design the solution. And it may or may not be a really sexy tech solution that takes advantage of, of all those buzzwords you just mentioned, right? Um, but if you can demonstrate that you really understand the problem deeply, and this is also a conversation that I imagine you're having with, with physicians who come to you with app ideas. If you really drill down and understand that problem fundamentally in, in ways that are uniquely well informed from a variety of viewpoints, then the technology almost doesn't matter because you're designing a solution that addresses that problem. So if you fall in love with the problem, you fall in love with asking why, uh, that's where to focus. Then it may become obvious to use AI or blockchain or whatever, but it's a problem centered approach versus a a bright shiny object syndrome that will ultimately drive not only the right solutions, but, but also the right investments. I love
0: that. I think that tagline, the the fall in love with your problem, that's going to be the tagline for this episode that we'll put up on. (laughs) on That's a great quote. That's gold. So are you allowed to talk about any particular company that you're working with? Is there anything that you're really excited about? This would be your opportunity to to highlight uh, a project you're working on or something that you just think is really cool, uh, if you're allowed to.
1: Yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll give you some past investments that we've made that we're really excited about, and then I'll, I'll tell you about some some current work we're doing with health systems that I think is re- relevant for your listeners. As part of the Intermountain Strategic Venture Fund, we invested in a few companies um, that we're really proud of. One is Redox, which is all about interoperability. I'm, I'm, I think you're probably familiar there. Another one is Circulation for Non-Emergency Medical Transportation. So people talk about the Uberization of all these industries, and, and Circulation and others actually do that for healthcare and then currently we're two years into a partnership with Orlando Health on Foundry which is our internal accelerator program they're getting some fantastic results so the the reason they, they partnered with us is they is really threefold um, number one they really believe that a culture of innovation is what they wanted to create uh, they felt like that was both a, a near and long-term competitive advantage and just the way that they wanted to work um, which is great that's the reason it's the number one reason you should do it Second reason they did it um, was a relative to people. They wanted to be able to attract, retain, and develop their people in some unique ways, and they felt like uh, the innovation program was a, a great way to do that. I mentioned earlier, Docs and everybody else, they love to fix what's broken, they love to come up with new ideas, and, and the innovation program is the is the place to bring that. The third reason they did it is to turn some projects in, in, into products, uh, and they're already having some success there. Uh, so it's really exciting that there's a, a strong mix of physicians, nurses, researchers, others across the organization who all have great ideas that have already been supported. Um, They're starting to have some commercial success. But then, you know, these employee innovators, these caregiver innovators, they turn into the rock stars in their departments, right? These are the folks who are going out there with ideas, receiving funding, being allowed to take one or two days a week to work on their project for that first year to to make it happen and hit their milestones and, and do what they thought they could do inside the organization. Uh, and it's really amazing. You know, everybody wants to do the right thing. They want to have success. They want to treat their patients better. They want to do their jobs better. Uh, and, and those internal um, innovation programs, when they're done right, they do just that. And there's there's just there, there's nothing like seeing what could have been a, 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 a jaded clinician who's just frustrated, upset, and burnt out um, turn into somebody who's just re-energized and, uh, <laughs> and maybe has more of a gleam in their eye than they did when they started, right? I I think that's the one that I'm most excited about because you really see the opportunity to make things better realized and accelerated and supported and and, I mean, ultimately that's what we all want to do, right? We all want to be the change that we want to see in the the industry.
0: I think that's such good information for my colleagues to hear about that kind of success and and the impact it can have on the burnt out provider or the burnt out uh, hospital, the whole place. I think that's really uh, powerful stuff. Uh, I think we, you know what, let's end on that. I think that was great. But if people wanted to reach out to connect to you, are you on LinkedIn? How could people reach you if they if they wanted to follow up further on innovation in their organization?
1: Yeah, I'm oh, happy to. So our, our website is pretty easy. It's healthbox.com. Um, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Justin Gernot, G-E-R-N-O-T. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can also reach out to me through info at uh, healthbox.com. Uh, we'll make sure that uh, we take care of you. And, and also keep in mind, we're part of the broader HIMSS family. So if there's if there, if there are other things within HIMSS, if, if we can be helpful in, uh, in navigating uh, that ecosystem as well, we're happy to do that. So a lot of CMIOs do go
0: to Hims. I assume you guys have a presence at Hims, a booth, or something there? Yeah,
1: we do. We, okay. we, have, we have a booth at HIMSS. Um, we'll be speaking uh, in a number of slots, speaking and moderating. Innovation cuts across kind of everything, right? So you might find us uh, just about anywhere uh, down in Orlando in March. But by all means, feel free to reach out and connect, and, uh, and we'll, do, we'll do our best to help.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to CMIO Podcast. I've been your host, Dr. Mark Weissman. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at cmiopodcast at gmail.com or go to the website at cmiopodcast.com. Send me your ideas for shows, guests you'd like to hear from, general feedback, or just to connect, and I look forward to bringing you our next episode.